0: Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal listeners. Yes, you. Fearsome and generous, humble and honest, in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. Every week, we meet for an hour to experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. Through our joy and our lessons learned, we share topics that tradition tells us. Now, there's some things you just don't talk about. But not here. Here we live beyond the wreckage. Each week, we will start right where we are. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are webcasts worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Yeah, I know, it's date night. That's okay. Should you miss us, you can hear what we have said. Just go to YouTube and key into Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. And if you feel like connecting with me offline, we've been having some fun with that, email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song and for naming it, I'm Listening. Hey, it's January. Happy New Year. this time of year, many of us make New Year's resolutions that we believe will transform us in some great way. We often base our remake strategy on what we see in the mirror. However, I haven't seen any research that indicates how many of us are ever successful. Well, this month, the Frankly Speaking family is going to flip the annual resolution script. We're not starting the year with promises made on assumptions that we are less than. Right now, right here, we have everything inside of us we need to be who we were created to be. There is nothing that we are missing. We are amazing just as we are. So we're celebrating us, who we are now. And we're celebrating things that that old mirror can't show us. Consider this as a foundation. Life is a process. It is not an event. Every time it rains, it stops raining. Every time we get hurt, we heal. After darkness, there is always light. We're reminded this every morning. But still, we can forget and instead choose to believe that the night will last forever. Newsflash, it won't. Nothing lasts forever. That is why I chose this month's theme to be Chocolates After Midnight. To me, it symbolizes the rain and the rainbows of our lives. Every week this month, we are going to pause in the sitting room of our busy lives, and we're going to take a seat at the table of purpose and promise. We're going to share some aha moments, right, in stories that call up both laughter and tears, and that have been left in our pockets for too long. In doing so, we may reveal that nothing that has happened in our lives, the good, the bad, and the scary, has been wasted. Now critical to our success this month and today is that you arrive at the table in the sitting room wearing your inner awesome. You know how I like to start each show by offering a common thought space for our time, right? Well, today I'm gonna do something a little different. I'm going to give you a quote from my memoir, The Memory Box, a true story of the power and provision of God's grace. It begins, everyone has a story. In fact, each one of us is a story. One of my favorite gospel songs begins with the truth. You don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. And until recently, I didn't want anyone to know my story. Certainly not all of it. For most of my life, I cheated you. I kept secret a small part of me from those of you who should know. I wanted you to believe the way I looked, the things I possessed, the places I went, and the things I did were indeed me. I thought if you knew my secrets, you wouldn't like me, you wouldn't love me, you wouldn't want to be with me. I gave you my energy, my love, and my compassion, and I hoped it would be obvious that I wanted some too. But what I've learned is that sometimes you have to ask for what you want, and that's okay. But see, then I didn't know how. There were times I needed your support and I didn't ask because I was afraid of your rejection. So as a result, I pretended to be okay when I wasn't. That made me emotionally dishonest with you. Now all of that worked until it didn't. It was then I realized I was secretly dying on the inside, emotionally isolated from you. At one point, I gave up. And until recently, I didn't know that some of you saw the Tyra I was trying to hide, and y'all love me anyway. Well, guess what? Gladly, I've arrived at a season I call my best life. I've found my way out of emotional isolation. I've learned to be courageous enough to be vulnerable and strong enough to be genuine in all of my relationships. Staying meaningfully connected with you is no longer a problem. Living in the recently discovered empowerment of God's grace, I am moving toward unborn dreams and possibilities. Hey, I've broken up with fear. i learned that fear and love can't coexist. I've let go of my guilt and my shame. I've found that forgiveness is an action that I can both give and receive. I'm determined to finish my life strong in this place where I never thought I'd be. Now, the challenges, they're going to continue, but they're going to be met with a new peace within me, with blessed assurance and confidence. I am now comfortable enough to share the story of a broken vessel, me, as I walked into a new dimension of God's grace. I used my book, The Memory Box, to document the progressive nature of my healing. Now, one touch was often not enough. In the process, I've discovered the strategic nature of God as he ordered my steps. Only on rare occasions now do I reach back to my no longer, my past, for a good survival story to be the band-aid I bring to a hurt today. Yeah, I still hurt, but I deal with it differently. Now, today's show is about the process of life and those who come into our lives to help us navigate. And this story is about two of the best navigators I have ever known. After a short break, I want you to meet them. okay? Grab a snack, but stay real close.
1: Gaining weight? was easy. All I had to do was sit down and eat. Losing weight, well, that's a lot harder. I have to work at it, every day. But with every step, I lower my risk for type two diabetes and heart disease. And that makes every step, every choice, every day, very much worth the effort morning, sweetie. I'll be done soon.
2: Learn how you can help stop diabetes by losing weight, eating healthy, and staying active. Visit checkupamerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. A message from the American Diabetes Association.
0: And we are back. Let me ask you this. Have you ever received a surprise present and you Ripped open the gift wrapping, and it was something you've always wanted in your heart. You knew that it would make your life complete now that you had it. Well, guess what? Almost 50 years ago, I opened a present just like that. And she's here with me today. Emma, hi. Hi, Tyra. And with her is another present I opened. And it's my goddaughter, April her daughter. Hi, April. Hi, Gigi. Hi, Mommy. <laughs> Hi, April. I think it's only fair for me to be totally transparent with you listeners. I love these folks, and there's no telling what this show is going to wind up being, but we are going to be authentic and vulnerable and love up on each other and you. I've asked both em and April to do something different. I've asked Emma to introduce April April to introduce Emma so who's first I
3: will go first and introduce my daughter okay meet April Allen Weldon who has been a pleasure to watch grow from an inquisitive caring (laughs) very talkative intelligent little girl (laughs) into an inquisitive, caring, still very talkative and intelligent young woman. I've always told her she is my sunshine. Mm. She is truly my sunshine.
0: Why is that? Why? Mm -hmm.
3: Because any time... I face anything of darkness I go to my daughter she has a way of making me see the light whether she says mommy it's not worth you getting that upset over think about it this way mommy <laughs> or she will say Oh, Mommy, I can't believe that you did that. <laughs> but in the end, she always has a way of making, bringing me down and making me see, okay, it's going to be okay.
0: So in other She's words... She's my sunshine. Right, and I'm thinking, you know, in terms of the theme, April is your chocolate after any midnight.
3: She absolutely is.
0: So April... What are you going to do with all that? Is your chest sticking out? Are you just going to talk to your (laughs) mom? (laughs) Introduce me to your mommy.
2: You've known her forever. Let let me introduce my mom. Yes. My mother is fierce. She's bold. Mm -hmm. She is funny. She's so funny. She is witty, strong, but out of all of that she's just the epitome of class she's a class act all the way and um what has been great about being her daughter as i look at other people and they you know the mother-daughter struggles yes she remembers things a little bit differently than i do because (laughs) i don't really remember the mother-daughter struggles my mom was always there i felt like she gave me a foundation, mm-hmm. um, and she made sure I was well-grounded. And a part of my foundation was having my godmother, who was always there for me. But then giving me these same, that same foundation gave me wings to fly.
1: Oh, wow, so I yes. Never
2: felt like there wasn't something that that I wanted to do that I couldn't do, and if I failed, I always had mommy, daddy, you. Mm-hmm. I had this whole foundation. So I always, I took more risks uh-huh. than um, a lot of people, uh-huh. but I I knew it would be okay. So um, what my mother did for me, she gave me my wings, but if I was going to name a book about her, mm-hmm. it would be... It wouldn't be she gave me my wings It's that she gets me
0: oh I like that I like it
2: (laughs) I don't hide from her I can't hide from her she knows the ins and outs and everything about me and she always thought I was absolutely perfect
0: (laughs) well okay now it's time for godmother to do a reality test she loved you to the nth degree but right, right. And she there were times time. that uh, your perfection <laughs> wasn't shining as brightly. However, we all knew that that was a season. We ourselves have done that. Right, Elle? Right. And I guess, Absolutely.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what I meant. Even in the hard part, yes, she, she saw
2: what I could be even if I wasn't doing it at that
0: moment <laughs> and we love you for that and em i was just thinking as she was talking um april said uh. we've known each other forever and i was thinking april we've never had an argument i mean Emma, we've never had an argument
3: only one did we have one one i won't call it an argument what did i do no it was what i was going to do
0: oh You can give it up. You were
3: visiting us in New York. Yes. And I wanted to take a trip back to Cincinnati, and you were very much against it because you felt as though the reason I was going was not a good enough reason to go. And that was the one time I can think, not that we argued about it and i do you
0: remember that i do and 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 what what is fair to say is we are both very protective on one another Absolutely. and um i think anytime i have thought you were walking into danger i was going to lay down in front of the door and that was one of those times and I that
3: think. was one of those
1: times yes,
0: yes. but yes. that's a good thing in a way you know like This is what we're supposed to do. Now, for our audience, I think um, it's important to let them know how we tried to put the show together and how well we did or didn't do. And since we were talking about midnights, which we know can be 60 seconds or a long season, the rain, and chocolate, which is recovery and the sweetness of life, we started to say, okay, what can each of us remember, those pivotal things about our relationship? And it seems that we were just filling up pages. And so uh, each one of us has selected something to describe who we have been and who we are today as a result of it. And I'm going last. April.
3: <laughs> okay. so you, you want to go first?
2: Go. I do. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things... I, I have so many, so many memories that it, it was very challenging coming up with one or two because my whole life has been with the two of you. Yes. But one of my favorites, I don't know if you remember this, TG, but I did not want to move back to New York. Uh-huh. And I guess I was in, it was the summer between fifth and sixth grades, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think that all of you decided that my, my best friend, who I consider family, that she was in New Orleans and you all felt like Jelena and I probably shouldn't be together before we left. And I was still miserable. I did a lot of things at your house. But, <laughs> yes, um, you did. But one of the things that made it better for me
1: Mm -hmm.
2: was you, Mommy, and Mom-T.
0: Who is my mother audience, (laughs) my mommy.
2: Your mommy, who I thought, I I did for the longest, I thought she was Diane Carroll. But I did not see them as separate people. They were one in the same. Okay. And, oh, oh, just glamorous and wonderful. And all of us went, I don't remember which store. But we went to, um, you know, I was was a weird kid. I liked dinner parties and I liked linen. And we all decided, or maybe you all decided, I don't know, that we would do my bathroom and my bedroom. Yes. And we went and we bought the towels and you were there helping me choose colors. And Mom T was helping me choose colors. And it was the first time that I would have my own bathroom. And it was everybody made a really big production of it. And you all let me get the towels that I wanted. And I wanted nothing to do with characters or anything like that. I got really elegant towels.
0: You were grown then, right? (laughs)
2: And got my room together. And you kept telling me you were like, baby, it's going to be okay," And I'm going to come see you at Thanksgiving. And I'll know what your room is like. And T was like, and it'll, it's going to be fine. And just that, I still didn't want to go. And Mommy was there, too. But I just remember it was all of us, and I felt okay with leaving because I wasn't losing anything.
0: And that's and hard. That is hard for someone in the fifth grade or sixth grade to deal with separation anxiety because you and your mom – so close she was going with you i was close with both of you i was not going with you you had friends Mm -hmm. here who were not i mean here in cincinnati i'm in virginia who were not going with you and that's hard to put into your mind and respond to healthily as a young baby little girl how's that
2: right and and it was hard because while they were friends i always considered them family yes while i had been an only child I had these four, quote unquote, cousins who lived up the street from me and who I could always depend on. And I had a godmother who would just come and pop up <laughs> and we would be in her little Z-28 and <laughs> we would do all, all sorts of fun things on Saturdays or in the evenings. And And I got to travel with you and I wasn't sure all of that would stay the same if um, I didn't really remember the move from New York back to Ohio. I didn't really remember that. Mm -hmm. So it was hard, but that day made it easier for me. And then you did come for Thanksgiving and you got the Natalie Cole (laughs) album. I don't remember which one it was. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. No, no, no. That was after that. Oh. Because mommy used to listen to that when I'm catching hell. We'll talk about that
0: amongst ourselves.
2: But (laughs) um, it was the one with I Miss You Like Crazy. Oh, yes,
0: yes, yes. Okay, I got it. I got it.
2: Right. And it was, it just helped me so much and knowing that I would be
0: okay. And you are and you were and oh by the way i came thanksgiving and somehow in the entire household i was the only one that wound up at macy's parade i don't understand that i don't (laughs) want to talk about it but i do remember i do and and so we're going to take put a comma there and let your mommy let your mommy talk about what did you choose him
3: i chose when you Your mom and me went to Barbara. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. And the struggle I had, or we all had, with convincing April as to why she could not (laughs) go. I don't know if you recall, but she was very angry with all of us. I do.
0: I do.
1: You
3: know, I remember one night. She came and sat on the bed, and she was saying, I don't understand. I always go on vacation. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, April, you do, but this is an all-adult vacation. Oh, and she went on to tell me how she didn't like me, she didn't like you, She's still like Mom T because this was our decision, yours and mine. It wasn't Mom T's decision that she couldn't go.
0: Well, I think for me and, and April, you missed this, although you've heard about it. Two things we need to help put this in perspective. This was the first year after my father's death and we were very intimate close family so i thought one of the ways to help mommy heal or continue to heal would be a vacation well of course that meant that the girls were going tyra m and mommy Uh, emma you're not going to talk about what happened to her right
3: (laughs) not unless you want me (laughs) no that's okay
0: you can talk about me getting stuck in the murphy bread
3: Oh, that was hilarious. We, and April, I'm sure I must have shared this with you before, but we all had, I mean, you know, we were in one room.
0: We had an apartment, twin, but it was one big bedroom.
3: One, Yeah, one big bedroom, twin beds, and a Murphy bed. And your godmother Stop. chose to sleep on the Murphy bed. Well, we're all going to bed or getting up or whatever. I can't remember what time of day it was, but when you hear this voice, help me, (laughs) help me. And she is stuck in the Murphy bed. She has closed it up. (laughs) But she was still in it.
0: Now, what people, our international audience may not know, a lot of people may not know, a Murphy bed is a bed that folds up into the wall during the day. So when closed, it actually looks like a part of the wall. And I remember getting up early, and I was going to make it up. And I fell into it, and it closed. (laughs) And so um, that's one of those things they make cartoons about. Uh, But the most exciting thing about that time, and this is the fun, I want you all to understand this, mommy is beautiful, was beautiful. And yep. the three of us would go out, we'd go on the beach, whatever, and we knew that she took a long time to get dressed. So we'd say, Mom, go on up and get started before we go out. We'll wait an hour. Em and I would start walking back to the apartment, and there she was sitting on the front steps, <laughs> holding court with three or four lovely gentlemen. And we're like, well, wait a minute. We're the ones that need to be having that interaction, not you. But... Um, That was the vacation that changed, I think, all of our lives, and I just want to say thank you for that. I knew you were going to Barley's. But
3: we must say how she got lost that day.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) You want to do it or you want me to do it?
3: Well, you could. I'll start and you can chime in. Okay. We left her in the room thinking she was resting, We were on the beach or doing whatever it was we were going to be doing. When we came back, she was not there. So we waited, thinking, you know, she'll pop back up in a minute. And she didn't, and she didn't. So naturally, we start getting a little worried, you know. Where in the world could she be? Well, to make a long story short, she had a date. (laughs) (laughs) was <laughs> am I right was it the police the chief,
0: chief? yeah chief of police of Barbados gone
3: to a cricket match okay <laughs> we were like oh, oh. All righty then <laughs> you know here we are thinking that we're these spiffy young women but who gets the date
0: Who gets the dates? Plural. (laughs) Now, Barbados is a place that the gentlemen of Barbados meet every cruise ship. And they, this happened to me. We went our first night to, uh, a place called Amanda's where the elite meet. It had a huge veranda, and, you know, we were sitting there having dinner, and we spotted some of these people, not quite sure what was going to happen. But one of them took me to watch the moon rise, but we had a code. We always checked in with one another before we separated, and Mother didn't do that. So when she came home, there was a huge role reversal. I read her the riot act to the extent that she began to cry and she did not understand that she was in a foreign country and anything could have happened to her. So it was the first time that I had ever become the mother, and because she's never traveled alone, so this was brand new for her. But um, all of these things that we're talking about are anecdotal that talk about how our lives have been woven together. And two points I want to make is I'm an only child, April's an only child. Emma comes yeah. from a huge family. And mm. when I opened the present, I had no idea she would be willing to share that family with me. And she has. And they just kind of like, "Oh, that's Tyra. Is she coming?" You know, it's 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 normal for me to be included. And for an only child syndrome being included in certain things called family be it extended or blood family is one of the most critical things to survival don't you think april
2: i very much agree with that yeah
0: yeah and so um do you all want to add anything or do you want me to do my mine first you can moment? go
3: ahead okay. cause, i mean you know like you said we have so many that we do want to give you a chance as well
0: well, mine comes out a little differently because I couldn't make it work. So the first thing I did was to write across the top sheet of the paper how many, I met Emma in Cincinnati, but how many places have we lived separately that we still remained attached? Oh, okay. And so I did Cincinnati. That's where we first met. And then after graduate school, I came back, and we were there together again. And in New York, she had two friends physical locations, and then Chicago, uh, Evanston, a a suburb, and then Newark, New Jersey. And it doesn't matter where we are. We are together. So that was across the top. And then I said, okay, Emma has always been there for my midnights, my rain, my struggles. And so I said, well, what were they? And I made a list. Uh, My father's death, which was huge. And when he was alive, Emma doesn't drive. So when when <laughs> he was alive and her husband was traveling, if there was anything like snow, go get him. She shouldn't be alone. And I started to really resent that because he was my daddy. But it was okay. We are full of love. And then the death of mommy, which uh, was extremely difficult. And mm-hmm. then uh, the end of my marriage. So we're talking about three major losses. And I remember when I left my marriage, I remember uh, picking up the phone and M said to me, just come, and she was in uh, D.C. at the time. I forgot D.C. She was in D.C. at the time, she said, just come. When I arrived, I had a brand new Jaguar, no job, money tied up in a divorce, And my car was filled with my porcelain doll collection, some sweats, (laughs) and my favorite books and music. And Em watched me unload my car, and she looked at me, and she says, Come here. My girl's in big trouble, huh? I will never, as long as I live, be able to express...
1: "Mm."
3: Well, you know, my memory of that is receiving that phone call and because you had gone to Cincinnati yes. to be with someone, I forget whom. And when you called that day, you were crying and I don't even recall the conversation. All I know is I said, tire do you have enough money for gas to get here? Yes, and you said yes, and I said, "Well, come, just yes, come today, because that's what we do.
0: Yes, it is
3: that's what we do, you know i the thought of you being there, being unhappy, being alone, I couldn't take it. You needed me just as many, many times I've needed you. And no matter what has been going on, you were there, whether it was physical or by way of telephone. You know, you were always
0: there. And I, I remember, and this is for those of you who have gifts in special friends or sisters or brothers, whatever you consider your intimate connections. When I went to D.C., Emma never lectured. She, I'm a walker. She, she just watched me to make sure I got some kind of food. And I would go out walking. She never said anything to me until she knew I was ready to talk. And um, the healing began at that point. So I'm going to publicly say thank you for my life.
1: Oh,
3: please. You know, thanks is never. It's just what we do.
0: Yeah, it is just what. But we as do. a
3: footnote, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: those, those, yeah, those were some of the really hard times, but um, there were some fun times that I call chocolate. And um, the first one is my first meeting, which was a pro football game that I met, and the person that introduced us was. The couple were common friends, but Em and I had not met. And since that time, it was just, that's the way it was. April, I was looking at your picture with me at your wedding. Mm -hmm. And I remember my arms around you. And I remember looking at you and thinking about you at one year old, walking in between your mom and me, walking, you know, how independent you were, walking. Mm -hmm. And I thought, look at her look at her and then you had the audacity to go and have a baby of your own and then another one (laughs) and I'm thinking but but this is my April so um that was joy for me because I don't have uh blood children a lot of people who haven't come through my womb have come through my heart um Barbados was one of mine Christmas and then I had IBM and this is a funny story. You want to tell it? <laughs> M, you can tell well, it. I remember.
2: Him. Oh, oh,
0: yes. <laughs> okay.
3: My <laughs> dear friend Tyra decides to apply for a job at IBM. <laughs> Lo and behold, she gets the job. Well, she finds out that she at least has to know the keyboard and... She says to me, Em, I don't know how to type.
1: (laughs) And I'm like,
3: what? (laughs) No, I don't. This is the night before she's to start the job. She comes to my house. (laughs) We get out the typewriter, and all night long, I think it took us half the night for her to learn the home keys. (laughs)
0: I remember that. and the sad thing about it was i had taken piano lessons now you know we're dating ourselves because we're talking about typewriters but that's okay yeah, absolutely. all right but here's the thing i sat at a typewriter keyboard because daddy had typed, my first fiance had tight i ain't tight and so i was playing the i was typing by like i was playing a song this on, the, on piano. the piano i was yes. crossing my hands i was going over from one place to the other and and em looked at me and went um no
3: <laughs> this is not gonna work
0: <laughs> but i passed i passed but she passed I absolutely did. she did 22 she years knew that she would absolutely absolutely
2: well, i am so glad you all had such faith because i was <laughs> thinking there's no way she, she's gonna know this by tomorrow i know and i must have been eight i,
0: I think like, you oh. may i think you may have been babe and you just kind of <laughs> shook your head you know like okay
2: <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go to bed. I hope
3: this all works out. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this works for you. But we had good times when you worked for IBM. We
0: did. We did.
3: Remember our pajama party?
0: I d- oh yes. We have to. Well, I used to travel every week for IBM, and this is when you were in New York. Mm-hmm. And I had classes or clients in New York. And we would have slumber parties in my hotel room. I'd say, Em, bring your clothes. And after our work, work, we would have a slumber party. And, April, you weren't happy about that, were you? No.
2: I'm sitting here thinking that you all had a whole lot of fun when I wasn't around.
0: Well, you were around, kind of.
2: Kind of, but most of the time
3: she had started college by then. Yes, yes. So she was not there
0: which was a good thing on some occasions, which we'll kind of ride over that one. But um, uh, chocolates, again, discos, Barbados, Christmas, oh, Christmas with M and April and their family. They start Christmas morning in one house, and then it's a progressive meal the entire day. You go to one house for breakfast, open some presents, another house. I'd never done that before. And uh, it's delightful. No,
3: I, wait, let me stop you there. Oh. It starts at Christmas Eve. Oh, that's know? right, the
0: party. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And. and Murph.
0: I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Well,
2: I do. Was PG there the year that Chris, he had never, my son had never gone for that. We would go you know, we had Christmas at our house, but this time we went to Charlotte, and Chris was outdone. You remember, Mommy? I don't remember if T.G. was there, because Chris was like, you've been I... doing this all along? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he
2: was so excited. He was <laughs> like, why didn't anyone tell me? So, well, yeah, I Christmas I think is... um, the
0: important thing is that we had balance, and just to give you an idea i I haven't really talked about major critical things that happened to me but april you were supposed to get born and (laughs) i was in graduate school getting ready for my comps in san diego well of course i had to be there so i fly home your mother who could have given birth at any moment was in such a state, I'm ugly, I look like an elephant. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, what can I do to make her feel better? So I remember I took her out and I kept on thinking, oh God, please don't let the baby come because I don't know nothing about birthing and babies and neither does she, what are we gonna do? And so um, that's the way that went on for a while. Then while I was there, I had to take daddy to the airport early in the morning, Cincinnati airport in Kentucky, long story short, stopped for a speeding ticket, thrown into jail in Kentucky, ripped away from my mother and desperate because the police beat me. Now here's what happened. I, a little lady the next day said, do you wanna make a phone call? I was in shock. I know not how I knew M's number. And she told me when her husband answered the phone, now I hope I get this right, he heard me what was going on and jumped, is this right, from one Mm -hmm. side of the bed to the other. Get up, get ready, get Tyra. And um, in my book I talk about that in detail, but uh, the important thing to understand, even when it is midnight like that, even when you are beat, even when you are alone, you're not alone.
3: And at the time, Nate worked at the justice Yes, department. right,
0: community relations service, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh,
3: And he got on the phone, and the rest is history. We got her out.
0: <laughs> and I remember Mother coming into the jail cell and looking at me swollen and beaten everything, but she could not ask me the one question she wanted to know. Mother, African-American mother, raised in the South. This is the South. What happened to my baby? Did the ultimate assault occur? She never asked me that. But as you all know, I went into PTSD and all that. But that was midnight, okay? I went back to graduate school. I graduated. I became a member of the clinical staff, and I constantly missed my girl. So I came back home. (laughs) (laughs) I came back to see that little thing that I I miss getting born. Mm -hmm,
3: Because you left on a Sunday. Yes. I went for a regular checkup on that Monday. Yes. And they told me, oh, go home, get your things, and go directly to the hospital. And she was born the next morning. So she came a day and a half after you left.
0: <laughs> you know there's <laughs> some things that are just intentional. that's all I have to say. They're just plain <laughs> intentional. Well let me ask you something because we're getting close to when you all gonna have to read your letter and time. As you were, as I asked you to come and have a play date with me on the radio, as people must have realized now, we just sitting here talking like we always do. Like
3: we always So do.
0: in other words, we are allowing, inviting our audience to eavesdrop on uh, a relationship that has survived and thrived in the midst of a lot of things, and uh, including divorces, separations, brain tumors, heart attacks, you name it, we've had it, right? Um, But the important thing is we've survived. What I want you to do is share just briefly what it was like for you when I said, hey, I want to do something in January. I just want to get groups of people together that love one another and come on the show and just have a play date. What was that like when I said that to you?
3: I was very excited, as I told you. I was like, Tyra, we have so many experiences. How do we choose what we're going to talk about? And you were like, Em, we'll just let it flow. And I think we've accomplished that.
0: We've been flowing. We've been flowing. What happened to you, April? Well,
2: at first, I thought that meant, you know, I would get to go. See you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a road trip.
1: <laughs>
2: um, you know, I was really excited. I think, and there's just one story, because it was so hard for me last year, and I don't know how me or Chris would have gotten out of it without you and Mommy. I just, um, and it, it just talked about how much, like I said, the foundation and wings that you all gave me. Um, my son, who at the time was between 17 and 18, mm-hmm. he lost seven of his friends, and it was about 13 months to death. Um, to death. Mm-hmm. Um, random, just anything you name, some one drowned. Um, One was shot. Four were in a car accident. One um, overdosed. Just uh, crazy things. And this was our boy. Chris is our only boy. And I say our, and I mean mommy TG's (laughs) mine. Um, He's our boy.
0: Yes, he is. Speaking to the mic. Yes.
2: Yes, Chris is. And he has always been the happiest kid. Just so happy and so joyful and give giving us so much and he went to this dark period Mm -hmm. that i felt like i couldn't reach him
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and i was scared i was scared he wasn't going to graduate i was scared he was going to get on drugs chris had stopped coming home Mm
1: -hmm. we didn't
2: always know where he was I felt like I was a basket case because the only thing I could think was, Lord, if something happens to him, I don't want to
1: breathe.
2: Mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't want to breathe without him. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't talking to mommy, I was talking to you. And I remember, T.G., you made me write down things I could do. And at night, at 4 o'clock in the morning, I would go back to that list. I was like, okay. And one of those things was pray. And you all have always given me prayer. Both of you gave me church. You all introduced me to Jesus. I've never had that moment where, ooh, Jesus, because I always had him. Right. And so I I was able to pray. Um, And when I thought I couldn't make it, one or both of you would call me And mommy and I—well, I won't say exactly what she said. But mommy would get on the phone, and she was like, "Let me tell you, April, what's not going to happen. We're not (laughs) losing our boy, and we're not losing you." And I knew that I would be okay. And you are, baby. You're okay. You weren't gonna let me drown. You're okay. okay.
0: Yes, sweetie.
2: <laughs> we wouldn't let him drown. And now he's going to Georgia Southern. He's happy, yes, he's healthy. And, um, I just think that that, for me, was everything. It was I was connected and loved through the hardest period of my life.
0: and I think one of the things that happens to us, is we are never, at least my faith tells me, we're never alone, and there is nothing that we cannot survive without the Lord. And so it's difficult. It's difficult at midnight. It's difficult because each of us has been in that dark place. Yep. But what hand. we've learned is it's a season. That's what I tried to say in the beginning. Yes, it mm-hmm. rains, but it stops, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what I would I would say to any of you listening, faith is powerful. When you love, like when you love the Lord, you don't have fear. I mean, you know, there's no room for it. You can't do that at the same time, be afraid and love. And this is what we practice over and over again. I, I hate that this is happening in terms of time. Um, can we just can we do your, your letters quickly? April, you want to do yours? Mommy, you start first. Oh. <laughs> well, somebody start because we're gonna sign off pretty soon.
3: <laughs> and I'm, I had written something down for my letter and i can't find it (laughs) okay then april
0: you have to start because we're running out of room
2: um what it was because i came you know i had to leave and i left my notes so what would i say to my younger self
0: briefly yes briefly
2: yes april you're going to i i used to try not to be talkative april you're going to be talkative and you're going to be big and alone. And that's okay. And just be okay with it. and be okay with the fact that you were given lots of blessings. And don't feel like you don't, or don't feel like you don't deserve them because you do. Be grateful, be humbled by them, be appreciative. And be okay that you have so many wonderful things and those things are not all material. Most of them are the people who you have. And and be okay with that.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
3: Well, to my younger self, I would say don't be so critical of how you look. I don't mean my physical attributes, but I had this thing in my younger self that, and I think it came from my grandmother, that every time you walked out the door, you had to be absolutely perfect in your dress you know you you could not walk out with a wrinkle on your clothes your hair had to be just right and there were times especially when i first got married that i would wonder do do i look Good enough for nate is he going to be happy with the way i look and i would now tell my younger self that's not important because you are perfect just the way that you are
0: oh god let me tell you that feeds right into what i wanted to say Em. i'm telling you you know i like to live leave just a little spiritual doggy bag for in between the times we're together, you know, for the time that you go, man, is this all there is? Or I'm tired of this. So what? I don't want anything mm. to do with this, you okay? So today I want to give you something for that moment when you may think like, Emma, is this all there is? Am I enough? Maybe you think you don't deserve different or more. I want you to stop right there and check your label. You're worthy. You are enough. You are amazing just as you are. You're smarter than you think. You're stronger than you know. You're more beautiful than you believe and more love than you can ever imagine. Your calling in life is to fully express who you are. To my BFF and my goddaughter and all of you, please understand there is nothing that you are missing. There is no need to frantically become more, be more, do more, get more. You are whole and complete and very gifted in every talent and insight you need to thrive in this world. Your only job is to accept this truth and then allow it to unfold. You've been listening to a play date With Tyra G and her BFF, M, and her goddaughter, April. What may have seemed like haphazard joy and some tears was just never-ending love and friendship. You've also been listening to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G on Radio Fairfax. Your seat at the table is guaranteed now. I expect you next week we'll have another surprise for all we know we may have a return visit this is January it's a new year we're hanging loose this month if you have ideas you know you can write me at Tyra at TyraGarlington.com hey guess what I'm listening I love you treat yourself like someone you love find a way to make yourself smile today
1: Bye now.